Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Straight up, 1 o'clock on this Wednesday. Carmen is off all week. Jesse Rogers sitting in with the good kid. Tomorrow it's Peggy. That's Thursday. What's Friday? You know who's with you Friday? Yeah, Chris Black. What up, what? Jess? We're going to be doing Beautiful. a football feast in the Beautiful. city. Beautiful. Beautiful. Football feast in the city. We're going to have a good time. Absolutely. So, Buffalo uh, Wild Wings, in case that, you're not familiar. Does South that, Loop. Does that close out your, South Loop. your broadcasting 2020? No, we January 5th in Homewood. No, but uh, I'm saying, does this... Is Friday your last day of this of the year for you, or are you on next week? What's your deal? I'm on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday okay, next so week. You still got it. All right, yeah. I was gonna. Twenty sixth and the twenty seventh, I come in. Well, before I because I love I'll, it here. I wish you a happy New Year. Because well, I'm, my guess is you're not going to have me on about baseball because nothing's going on about nothing's baseball. happening. This is a dead Jeez. period for baseball. At least for the Chicago team. It seems like it most a lot of guys like to sign before Christmas. They want to know where they're going to live. Their wives want to know where they're going to sure, live next year. Sure. And, you know, you'd think the Cubs will do something here soon. I, that Reese Hoskins well, at first time, seems too easy. Doesn't most of the time, wherever you're at during the winter now, your kids finish out the school year, then in the summer you want to move where you might want to move? Yes, but they like to know where they're going to go by Christmas so they can start planning, start looking at houses, apartments, for whatever next it is. September. Well, no, for next spring. If you're a free agent signing somewhere, you're going to move there in the spring, right? You take your kids out of school? It, a lot of these guys have young kids, not even in school yet. The other, well, that I understand. Don't, that most I don't get. take their kids out of school. No, no, they keep the kids in school and then they join them wherever they're going to join them. Right, right, right. But a lot of a lot of them have young kids and they want to know where they're going to live. All right, we're up to uh, quickest release in the NFL. Quickest release. If in you the want NFL. a hint, I'll give you a hint. Wide receiver? No, this is this is. I'm Off sorry, the quarterback. No, still quarterbacks. Still quarterbacks. Give me a hint. He's an answer to another one earlier. Brock Purdy. Nope, Tua. Tua. Tua, quickest Will you let me finish? Oh. Give me a second guess. <laughs> All right, next one. Best field vision. Uh, Mahomes. Kirk Cousins. Oh, that's Kirk. Are you noticing trend here that we have not listed Justin Fields on any of these so well, far? Well, no, I noticed that trend. You also haven't listed 20 other quarterbacks. True. It's, it is the same kind of uh, same guys. It's a very kind of circular area. Did Chase call today or yesterday? He calls remember. yesterday, called today, yeah, called the whatever. day before. He's going to call tomorrow. Go ahead, Chase. You're up. Chase, what's, happening? what's up? Yorko, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Hey, Jesse, did you get any luck with your phone? No luck with my phone. Nope, none. Gone. It's in the wind. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, so, uh, so Yorko, I was uh, cap. I was saying, I don't know, Yorko, you heard um, that fourth and one play. When he said that, um, he said he looked at the all twenty-two, and he said it was a wide open DJ Moore open for a touchdown. And instead of him throwing it, he ran, and that's when he got tripped up short of the first down. Yep. You saw that play. Yep. Now I know the play. As I hear about. that, now as I hear that, that just really infuriates me because look, I'm a Justin fan. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I really want him to be the guy. I've been his biggest supporter, just like I was with Trubisky. You know, I felt like he was dealt a bad hand. I felt like he was set up for failure the minute he got here. But at some point, 
you know, when I hear that, this is year three now, where we're consistently hearing this missing throws and not hitting guys open. And at some point, if I'm a general manager and I see that, and because think about it, Cap sees that. Don't you, do you think Ryan Poles is seeing that? And if Ryan Poles is seeing that, his first thought process is, hey, man, if you want to be that high echelon quarterback and get paid a lot of money, you can't do that. You cannot continue missing open receivers for touchdowns. Like, you can't do that. Like, you, like if, I'm a wild, if I'm DJ Moore right now, I'm beat because, look, I'm doing my job. Your job as a quarterback is to throw the football. You're not a running back. You're a quarterback. Throw the ball. It's just this is year three now. You're not a rookie no more. You can't continue missing open receivers down the field and then you thinking that we're supposed to pay you millions and millions of dollars. That's not going to happen. This is year after year after year, and we got to keep having the same conversation. Is he the guy or is he not the guy? We keep having this debate. You have 150 people saying, oh, yeah, the Bears should keep him and build around him. Then you have the other 50 saying, oh, the Bears should get rid of him. If we're still having this talk at the end of the year, then we have to move on. We yeah, can't keep I- playing this game of debate. This debate is starting to get wear, it's starting to wear out. Thanks, Chase. a quarterback where everybody loves, not just uh, one half hates him, the other half loves him. We can't keep having that debate no more. Thanks, Chase. I mean, he brings up some good points, Yurko, and he's right on one case. If we have to keep debating it, maybe that's the answer. I understand that. I get it. Is that play, Yurko, your opinion, is that play sort of emblematic of, of his issues? Just doesn't have the complete awareness. Not every quarterback misses, but he in particular seems to miss on a lot of plays. Break that down for me. Is that emblematic of his issues? Uh, I'm going to go a different direction on this play for you. This is the play that Darnell Mooney was accused of not getting a block in, right? Right. So if this is a pass play and he's going to throw the ball, Mooney's object on that play then is to pick that guy so... D.J. Moore can get open. I believe that's the way Darnell Mooney described it. This is what I have to do. I have to just pick him on what is a pass play mm-hmm. and then becomes an option run maybe a little bit later on. That's why he couldn't make it an obvious pick or he couldn't make it a block. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because his job on that is just to go out there and throw a screen so his guy can get by there so he could be open for the pass. So... Darnell Mooney was put in a situation where it's like lose-lose. I put the pick, D.J. Moore's wide open, throw the ball to D.J. Moore, everybody's happy. You're not worrying about me making a block on a guy that theoretically I'm not supposed to make a block on because it could be a pass. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, I mean, one becomes the other when. When the guy commits to make the run, gets past the line of scrimmage, then he could be blocking that guy. But instead, if it's a pass play and he wants to throw the ball, and if he's engaged with that guy that he's putting a pick on, that would be obvious offensive pass interference. So was he put in a no-win situation, Darnell Mooney, and did everybody criticize him that he didn't block that guy, he just let that guy go by him, when all he was supposed to do was be able to put a pick on him? All of that might be true, yeah. but, but that get, but. But I think the point is... I understand what Chase's point is and what he's trying to get to. And is the fact that we're having this discussion three years later enough of a fact to tell you exactly what you should be thinking on your quarterback. I understand what Chase's point is. And if it was a bit of a broken play, that's the point. It's a bit of a broken play, which ended up with a wide receiver wide open, and he just wasn't aware of it. And another wide receiver in a no-win situation. And when he decided to keep it, and not get the first down, 
then everything comes up everything, for yeah. evaluation. 312-332-3776. 312-332-3776. Most instinctive passer. How does ESPN uh, rate that? Who's Most the top inst- guy? Patrick Mahomes. Yes, very good. Best decision maker. Tua. Dak Prescott, finally. Thank God. <laughs> Let's go to David in Portage. You're on ESPN 1000. David? Yeah. Um, about 30 years ago, I was at uh, uh, a local 7-Eleven and found a wallet. And I thought, uh, well, this is interesting. Looked at the driver's license, went home. And uh, back then, we had uh, white pages that were four inches thick. And I looked up his name, found his name, same address. So I give this guy a call and say, hey, dude, I found your wallet. He said, I didn't lose a wallet. I said, well, I have a driver's license here with your name, your address. And I told him his birth date. And he goes, well, how'd you get that? I, I said, I found it at 7-Eleven. And he accused me of stealing. And I said, listen, all I want to do is give you your wallet back. I had a couple <laughs> credit cards in it, about three or four bucks. So we met back at the same 7-Eleven about an hour later. And uh, he comes up to me and he says, uh, that's my wallet. What'd you do with the money in it? I said, well, there's only three or four bucks in it. What do you think I'm doing? Pulling a Yurko on you? That's right. You know? What he say? Yeah, right? <laughs> and I told him, I said, dude, there's three or four bucks in it. He goes, there were 50 bucks in there. I said, no, I'm sorry. There wasn't. I said, I'm calling the, the guy told me I'm calling the police. I'd say call him. I said, that's why I told him. I call said, listen, him. you call him. You have a nice day. Here's your wallet. I'm driving away. And I did. The guy was cussing at me as I drove away for stealing money. Unbelievable. It's like Chris said earlier. You're trying to do a good deed, and you can't even get a a thank you, let alone, you know, potentially you have the cops called on you. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think he could have proven anything, but I wasn't going to stay around to find out. So, anyway, that was uh, an interesting one about 30 years ago. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. I want to take Chris in Rockford. Like the anti-argument, you know, what Chase said about Justin Fields. Let's see what Chris has to say, because I think he has the other side of it. What's up, Chris? Hey, uh, first of all, I love the show, man. Listen, I want to say I'm tired of all the unfair criticism about Justin Fields. Ain't but one reason in the world why we have to say year after year is Justin Fields the man. You know why? Because not... One day, since the man been in Chicago, have you put around him what he needs? The right line, the right coach, and develop the man in the right way. Y'all owe Justin Fields. Ain't but one reason we had to watch Bear football all of last year was because of the excitement that Justin Fields brought on the field. Y'all have undeveloped this man, and the coaching staff know it. That's why we got the same question. You put around him what he needs to to succeed, and then you will know what you got. The man is a superstar in the making. Chris, and I'm sick of these ungrateful Chris, Chicago fans. That's an argument that's been made by Jesse and by myself. That, you know, which direction do you want to go? If you go the direction where you keep it Justin Fields, then you're utilizing everything else to put the talent around him. Including the ability but, to change coaches. But he needs a, he needs a different coordinator. Yeah. This coordinator's not going to get the best out of him. Luke Getzey cannot get the best out of Justin Fields, period. Where is Greg Roman Can't right now? I, I don't know. know. I'm, I keep talking I'll about Greg Roman. He left Baltimore. I'll look him up. Um, that, but those two calls, Yurko, it's amazing. Selling insurance. It's amazing. that Those two calls are the crux of the argument. And it's amazing that after this long, we still can't come to a conclusion. You know? I think the conclusion is like yesterday. There was a lot of hate on Getzey. I think we're all unanimous in that, that he has come up short. He has let Justin Fields down. 
It says he was a coordinator with the Ravens until 2022. Right. And 23, they don't have anything for I, him right I, now. He might be out of football. Roman stepped down, resigned as a coordinator after the wild card loss against the Bengals. He was replaced by Todd Munkin. And then it does not give me an idea where where Greg I, Roman I think, is right I think now. He's out of football. I would hire him the day after the season. He 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 had Lamar when he won an MVP. Let's bring him in. That was my vote for head coach. To be honest, he's only fifty one years old. I don't old. know what happened. He was a head coaching candidate. Now he's not. He's right. out of football. He, he's he's only fifty one years old. But I think you and I have come to that conclusion, like other people have. You have not set him up to succeed, even with his flaws. You hired a defensive minded head coach and an offensive coordinator that doesn't know how to utilize his skills. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Courtney Cronin's next on ESPN one thousand. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. One fifteen on this Wednesday. Waddle and Sylvia are coming up at 2 and then it's Bleck and Abdal from 6 to 8. Watch us live on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago or on YouTube on the ESPN Chicago page. Time to talk to our football expert, Courtney Cronin, who is up at, at Hallis Hall. She's at Hallis Hall. Yes, she's at Hallis Hall and on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Courtney, good afternoon. Matt Eberflus already spoke to the media. Justin Fields will do that in about an hour. Give, me, give us some highlights from Matt today on this Wednesday. Hi, guys. I think the biggest, you know, a lot of questions about Luke Getze, like not just today, but like throughout Sunday after the game, there was some stuff on Monday. And then today, you know, he's under a microscope. And I think for a lot of different reasons, how poor the Bears were in short yardage situations, but also what some of those play calls were in Cleveland, the third and one screen uh, that got sniffed out immediately to Tyler Scott, the first one that comes to mind for me. But, you know, this is an offense that, you know, was – I don't want to use the word rolling by any stretch, but they were at least maintaining for a certain part of the game in Cleveland. And for for this offense's production and execution to still be something we're asking about 16 weeks into the season, like that, at some point that falls on the offensive coordinator too. And I just I think Matt Eberflus's answers about his involvement in the offense, but also you know talking about Luke Getze, the leader, but not necessarily kind of dancing around Luke Getze as a play caller was, you know, at least an eye-opener today, uh, considering the circumstances of what Iberflus said, that everyone, including Luke Getze, is something he's going to evaluate after the season, but that then, you know, raises the question in your mind, will, will Matt Iberflus be here to be making those evaluations on his staff, or will it be an enti- entirely new group altogether? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the stats in front of me, Courtney, but just watching enough games, it doesn't seem like they do very well on third and one and fourth and one. I mean, Philly is the is the standard bearer for that. I'm sure a lot of teams would like to have their success. But, but you know, Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts have similar skills. Why can't they be better? Why aren't they doing the, the tush push and, and um, utilizing their strengths when it comes to those short yardages? Any ideas? It's a great question because you saw it on the third and one against Cleveland. And when I asked Eberflus about that after the game, his answer was that, you know, everybody had their gap locked up more or less, meaning they couldn't run up 
through the middle or sneak it. That was at least what they thought. And, and of course, there is some credence to that. Kevin Jenkins went out. Cody Whitehair came in. They weren't running the ball effectively up the middle anyways. That was their way of going about it that way. But then there's the fourth and one play in their own territory against Detroit the week before, and they used DJ Moore on a pitch play, which Luke Getze did take um, – you know, he took he took culpability. He had culpability over what happened on that call and said that that was on him because they showed a look pre-snap that they had not shown before. But the easy answer in your mind is, well, why can't they just try to sneak it the way that they've done with Cole Komet, either taking a direct snap? What you also have a six-four, two hundred thirty-pound quarterback. Like, why is it not him in those moments? And I don't know if we've ever gotten a direct answer on that. Now. I do think that we've seen that the tush push is a little bit harder to execute than, you know, just as being as automatic as Philly has made it seem. Like, look at what happened with Minnesota and some of the, you know, the back-to-back, exact same play, back-to-back against the Cincinnati Bengals, and neither time that converted. It ha- it's, a, it's a well-run play if executed properly. So maybe, maybe that's why they've shied away from it, but it is certainly something that's notable, Jesse, that I, I've definitely taken uh, into account the last couple weeks. Speaking of the big fellow, Tevin Jenkins, will he be available on Sunday? He is in concussion protocol right oh, now. So that's, damn it. So that's something <laughs> to keep an eye on because I don't know if he's going to get out of concussion protocol in time for the game. I mean, that's, you know, they, when he left the game, and I believe it was the, the, the second quarter, he looked like he was, you know, really, really rocked from whatever had happened to put him in concussion protocol. But you know, they'll have to play the numbers game again. Remember, they were down Jatari Carter. Um, it's like, you know, you got to be worried about other injuries at that point if your depth is as shaky as it, as it feels right now. And they had four, not even four full games going into this, pat, you know, with, with Cleveland with the same offensive line, and now they're forced to shuffle again. Visiting with Courtney Cronin up at Hallis Hall, Jesse Rogers and uh, Yurko here till 2. Carmen is off this week. I want to go back to Getsy. You know, Sylvie asked Eberflus Monday if – if Getsy was going to be back, of course he didn't, he didn't commit either way. I mean, what's your what's your best guess on all this stuff? It feels like, you know, obviously the well, let's go with the knowns, guys. Like we know the whole coaching staff can't be back. It's just not how it works. Even successful teams switch out guys. So if Eberflus is back, you can't imagine Getsy is back, right? Obviously, if Eberflus is gone, Getsy's not back. So I, what I'm wondering is, is there any scenario where Getsy returns? You know, it's. It's a good question to ask, and it, like, really just depends, honestly, what they're going to do at quarterback. Like, if they feel – because I'm with you, Jesse. I don't think – like, something's got to give. Like, right. you cannot run it back with the same group and same team. Like, you can't. Like, between Eberflus, between Justin Fields, between Luke Getze, someone inevitably feels that they're going to be the odd man out. Right. The easy way to – you know, when, when it comes to Matt Eberflus and the adapting and adjusting the Bears – have wanted to see from him in the second half of the season, his defense has done that. They won, you know, if they finished this stretch of the season going eight and five, like if they won out against very winnable teams, um, eight and five after starting out 0 and four, Matt Eberflus might be safe from that. I just, you know, I, I think that it comes down to an evaluation of where, you know, can the offense, can they build an offense that this defense can be proud of? Because right now the defense is keeping them in games and, the, and it's one game. Um, in certain ta- certain times this year, and that's what you would look at as far as the offensive evalu- uh, evolution and evaluation. Do you have the right play caller in there to get the most out of the quarterback? If you 
if you, if they're thinking that they're moving on from Justin Fields and they're going to go draft somebody, I don't see how this offense, as constructed with this staff, would stay in place. I feel like there would have to be inevitable changes there unless they think Luke Getzey's running an offense that Justin Fields doesn't fit in. Would Caleb Williams or Drake May fit better in that offense and then potentially even go that direction? There's a lot of different channels they can go, and it doesn't make it easier that the situation they find themselves in kind of feels like these next three games. And if they do lose another fourth quarter lead, like that could <laughs> very well swing which way they go or another in the off season. Cause it's happened three times. Like you can't say, Oh, it's an anomaly. No, that's who they are. They are a team that can't finish this year. And you know, that has defined their 2023 season to be up by double digit leads in three games to have a plus two margin in the turnover battle. And you still lose. That's not just offense, that's not just defense, that's everybody, and that's why I think the whole thing is going to be looked at. And it won't just, you know, it's not as easy to be like, oh, well, Matt Eberflus is going to make that decision. He, he may not be in position to make that position if, if that decision if they, if they go a different direction. Yeah, Yurko, it's kind of interesting. Take Eberflus out of it. It really feels like it's Getsy or Fields. Like one or the other won't be here next year because of everything Courtney just said. Does that yeah. make sense oh, to no, you? That, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's one or the other, or both are gone. Right, or both. Yeah, the both coming back I, is never a possibility. Well, you know what? I kind of you're right. It, 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 obviously, both could be gone, but I kind of feel like like Courtney was saying, if they they could keep Getsy because uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, it might fit whatever he's running. You know, a little bit better than 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 Fields and his unique skill set. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Courtney? Yeah, but that would also require Matt Eberflus staying, too. If they yeah, feel that right. the direction of the coaching staff is is on the right path, that they just need to do have a switch at quarterback, then you can make the argument for the, for the staff staying if they also believe that this is the right offense for quarterback to be named later. There's no situation in which Eberflus, if he goes, that this current staff stays or – you know they, they, that doesn't happen in sports. We yeah. know that coach yeah. head coaches come in, they bring their own staff. Very rarely, you know, a couple pieces might get retained here and there, but that just won't happen. And it's it's like this chicken and egg argument, like which is going to be the dom- the trigger that triggers the domino effect to who stays, who goes, and what role, and then what they end up doing at the quarterback position next year. Visiting with Courtney Cronin here on ESPN 1000. The injury report just came out. I know Yurko asked you about uh, Jenkins. What else can you tell us? Darnell Moon is out there today, which is interesting, but he has an illness, so nothing injury-related. Because when you see that initially at practice, you're like, okay, what's going on? Um, didn't see him get injured in the game. So illness for him, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, Demarcus Walker, flu said before they went out to practice, wouldn't be doing practice outside of the walkthrough because he tweaks his leg. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but he has an injury as well. So there's definitely, they're definitely a little bit have a little bit longer of an injury report today because of, um, you know, the Cleveland game. Obviously, it was a very physical game, but there are a couple others to keep an eye on. Jalen Jones, the uh, one of the backup cornerbacks with DNP, um, and, you know, Travis Homer, just more special team steps, a hamstring injury. He was also not practicing. You know, we were talking during the break that the line of questioning up there must change. You were there last year when um, you're officially eliminated from the playoffs, right? I mean, what do they have a 2% chance or something? So you can't really say, hey, what are you looking for next year yet, right? And and they would never answer that anyways. Um, 
it, it's kind of like the question of when you are a losing team or you're eliminated from the playoffs, do you want to get certain guys a look? Do you want to start right, to develop right. the younger talent? Like that's always the trigger point to see how coaches, like what mindset they're in. Because a couple of weeks ago it was, that was the line of questioning around Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. You want to see more of them, less of Justin Jones, because you want to develop these players. Sometimes, I mean, for coaches who may or may not be developing them the next year, they're going to coach to save their jobs. Now, it, like how they're not eliminated officially, but how they end up getting eliminated if it happens this weekend, if it happens down the road, like watching what the personnel decisions are in the games that they are not, you know, people say they don't have anything to play for. Like that's actually, I think it's kind of wrong because they do, the front office is going to want to make decisions that might not benefit the coaching staff, but we'll see which one of those end up happening. Uh, You know, I remember covering this in Minnesota a few years ago and the like famous answer Mike Zimmer gave me when I asked after they got eliminated in green Bay, if he wanted to see Kellen Mond in the final game. And he said, no. And I said, why? And he's like, I see him every day in practice. Like, you know, to get you're never going to get like yeah. true honesty from most coaches. I don't think Matt Eberflus would have a response like that, but it's something to keep an eye on because their decisions are reflecting what they think behind closed doors here in three games remaining to to figure out you know who stays and who goes and and who's going to get a bigger role next year and for certain players. Thank you, Courtney. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, guys. Take Appreciate care. Appreciate it. That's Courtney Cronin up at Hallis Hall. With the latest, you'll also hear from Justin Fields over the next hour or so live from House Hall as he holds his Wednesday press conference. We've got Waddle and Sylvie coming up at 2. I want to keep going through this ESPN.com list of the skilled position players with you, Yurko. No, we're not I can't even half, wait. We're not even halfway there through I, it. I, I got you. We still haven't uh, named a bear yet on this list. I don't think we're going to find a bear on this list. I don't either. DJ well, Moore might be the only bear on that list. I'm not even sure he's on it, to be honest. Uh, Kimble, what about the kicker? Uh, best short Bildor. kicker? I haven't gotten to best From short, short kicker distances? yet. Is, is Kendall Vildor on that list? Nope. Not a bear. Nope. There is a bear, a bear or two. Well, I'll let you keep guessing after this right. on ESPN 1000. <laughs> You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. <laughs> Waddle Sylvie coming your way at 2 o'clock. Bleck and Abdallah from 6 until 8. Jesse Rogers and Yurko for the next 25 minutes or so. If you want to react to anything Courtney had to say, this is the time to do it. But I think Sal and Peoria has a question for you, Yurko. Go ahead, Sal. Hey, good afternoon, guys. First of all, that Courtney Cronin. Man, boy, she has got some information. You got it. You're Johnny, right on that. Johnny Handsome, uh, uh, just a quick question. Yeah. This is... This is my first year doing the doing the gravy, the meat sauce, for the family, and uh, my grandmother. Her recipe calls for uh, a pound and a half of beef, but I've been told that if you substitute the beef for the four to five uh, pork ribs with the bone in, or maybe some Italian sausage, six I don't know six to fifteen links, that it does the same. What, would it hurt anything to keep it all together and, and go about it that way, or does each one of those kind of offset the other? This is a real question for Carmen. Boy, I might I might have to text Carmen on this one, find out exactly what makes the, be- the best gravy. Now, I've come to find out over the course of time, neck bone. Put a little neck bone really? in the gravy. Yeah. That's a good one. Neck bone. Uh, the, the, huh. a, a, gra- a gravy's not a gravy that doesn't have a little bit of neck bone, you know, made with it. 
little neck bone neck component bone. to it. A neck, neck bone, bone component to the yeah. gravy. You heard it here first, Sal. You got it, Sal? Neck bone. I, I got it. I got it. Gravy. That's why we call you Johnny Hygiene. That's right. Unfortunately, Carmen won't be back before Christmas, so you're, neck you're, bone. you're on your own. Other than Yurko's advice. I had a gravy at home. had the <laughs> neck bone in it. It was what a flavor. 312-332-3776. Mario in Lamont. He's on ESPN 1000. What's up? Yeah, yeah I can tell you right now, you use pork neck bones. That's it. There you and go. And for the gravy, sausage and meatballs. So that, that just set him up pretty good. But real quick, everyone talked last year about Bryce Young's size, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what about this guy, Kalen Williams? He's, a, he's about an inch taller and maybe weighs 12 pounds more. We'll find out on pro day, but he doesn't have a size. Plus, Bled, I believe, his um, his college um, uh, conference with with, with Pumble. I, I mean, I don't get it. I I, I agree with some thirty-four right. pounds. I don't think he's a sure thing. I don't think he's the sure thing other people think. I'm with you, Mario. That's why I'm hesitant to move on from Fields and start over with a new guy who may or may not be the franchise quarterback. And we're just starting over. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yurko, I shared a cigar with you uh, at my nephew's uh, son's graduation, Jeff Pelega. Oh, yeah, JP, my buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Good man. Yeah. Yeah, you and I had a cigar. This was a number of years ago. Sure. But we had a cigar together. Well, I just, had dinner. I just had dinner with Jeff Plager last Saturday. We had a good time, my friend. You had a cigar yeah, with Yurko? That's an honor, man. Yeah, I had a cigar. I also had a cigar with my buddy. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, he's a good kid. But that's my biggest question. Yeah. This kid has got uh, a lot of issues himself, I think. Thanks, Mario. Look, I think there's a minority of people, me included, that agree with you. But I think the majority say he's the franchise quarterback. And some, I don't know, early in the season, everyone's talking like he was the best prospect ever at quarterback. And things went a little south at USC. Let's go to Jordan Maryville. You're on ESPN 1000, Jordan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, before I get into my Bears uh, thought, uh, I had a good Samaritan thought, uh, um, a point. I uh, found two wallets in a week span. Once in, once in Vegas, a, a girl left her wallet on the uh, – uh, at the bus stop, had her whole life, and she was from like South Carolina or something. Fortunately, she was in the same hotel as, as we were, so I was able to turn it in. And then I came back from Vegas a couple of days after that. I was in Oak Brook Mall and, so we, and found a wallet. The girl had a social security card in there, or her, everything, and we turned it into uh, uh, to the security guard. So that was it. Was ironic within a couple of days span found two wallets like that. Yeah, you know, the, the good Lord was yeah, testing you, Jordan. It, it runs that way. It runs that way. You know, I, I I I can only imagine how they was feeling. You know, losing all their, their their identity and all that. But before this is my thing about the Bears. I'm hoping January eighth. Is there any possible way that that uh, Ryan Poles gets on the on, on the on the podium and says, you know what, if we have if they have the number one pick, uh, the number one pick is not for sale. We're going to use that pick. The only reason I say that is because that would change this debate. Because this debate about Justin Fields being the guy or not being the guy. That debate will go away. Now we have the debate of who will they pick with that number one pick? Because to me, it's just getting it's just it, anybody that watches Justin Fields and and believes that he's the guy for the future. To me, it's just not watching football, you know, or they don't know anything about football. 
to me, that guy, he is not, he is not the future. So hopefully we can change this debate within the next you know, few weeks and see who, who will be the guy for the future because this is just getting, getting crazy and it's the same thing over and over again. I mean, I, that's where I'm going to disagree a little bit, Yurko, because, look, is Justin Fields... You're disagreeing with Jordan. Yeah, so. I'm disagreeing with Jordan. Yeah. Because it's, you can't be so definitive about it. And I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not. But is he better than just about any backup? Yes, let's start with that, right? I, you take Fields over most of these backups. You want Tommy DeVito? Do you take him over Jake Browning? Yes. Why? I don't know. I just would. Is the guy in the sense of, oh, just because you want to. I just would. Not because of what Jake Browning's done on, on, on the field at all. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl two years ago. I get you. So the Bengals have a team around them. You're making my point oh, for me. I'm making, your, I'm, Chase, I'm making your point for you that Jake yes. Browning is a pretty good quarterback. You're making a point that you build a monster around Fields and you'll see Fields have more success. Okay. But Jake Browning is better than Justin Fields. The Bengals are better That's than the, the Bears. That's the question you asked. I don't, I don't you know asked that he which is. Which backup quarterback is better? I gave you a name that might be better. Might so. be. It's been like two games, and he's on a better team. That's right. It's been two games. Let's go to Joe in Oak Forest. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, uh, for, first off, turkey neck bone. Turkey neck. Turkey, Not turkey neck bones. I don't know what kind of gravy you're talking about, but if you're making gravy, like Italian gravy, like sauce, Turkey neck bones all day. Um, so first off, um, I don't care if you're a Justin Fields fan or not. I mean, I am, but um, he's been around a bunch of bad uh, play calling. Uh, Getsy, it seems at some point that he's calling plays that are still designed for like a Rodgers type player, a Peyton Manning type player that will stand there tall in the pocket. It's a totally different type of ball game. Yeah. Um, second. Um, Justin Fields not going to draw a big dollar amount from the cap space that you guys, the, well, the Bears that are going to ask for. I mean, you you could keep him for cheaper, and then you'll have a guy that's got some experience in the league over picking. Um, I mean, a fresh quarterback. I mean, you're going to thrust him into the same situation, and then he's going to have to deal with the same problems, all the same stuff. I mean, I, I'm totally all about let's let's build this team around him. Because I feel like he does have the uh, the capability to bring the Bears to the next level. He just needs a little bit of help in uh, some of the, uh, I mean, yeah. some of the places elsewhere, you know? I mostly agree with that, Yurko. I, I, I said this yesterday. I think we've learned one big thing about Fields we can all agree upon. He's not generational Hall of Fame material. But that doesn't mean he can't quarterback a really good team and a team that wins the Super Bowl. That's the only thing I can say for sure. In a league that's going away from the classic style of quarterbacking, he's one of those players that's going away from the classic style of quarterbacks. Yes. There's a unique skill set. I agree. If it's brought out the right way with the right personnel, they could flourish, in my opinion. And I wasn't the biggest fan. I agree he has faults. But I see monster teams... That can succeed with average quarterbacks over the years. I don't know many, how many different types, different times, different types of times, different ways. I've got to tell you that I was on board with him four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I know you have. You got to bring in an yeah. offensive coordinator and get the best out of Justin Fields. Utilize the draft choice, trade down, get more trade assets. I'm already on the record as saying it. I'm with you. Don't make me argue with you, Jesse. Yeah, I'm with you. I will. <laughs> 
Kimo wants to talk about your juice drinking habits. Go ahead, Kimo. Love the juice. Good kid. How you been? I'm good, good Kimo. How are you? Good. Hey, you talking about sugar. I bartended for 30 years. Probably the worst thing you can put in your body is Bacardi. It's got the most sugar and alcohol content. Okay. Just think. So I lost some weight, and my taste buds got to vodka and bourbon, and there's no sugar or carbs in either of those liquors. Yeah, I drink a lot of that as well. Vodka yeah. soda is great. I love it. Vodka and water. Yeah. My friend had a scare with Diet Coke, and she had heart palpitations, and she had to quit drinking a pop. So I'm proud of you not drinking pop, good kid. Thank you. I appreciate I it. I need to cut down after this my, conversation. Uh, I told you. Yeah. The, the food side, my, my grandmother's full of tailing. She would do the, bone, the neck bone. And uh, I got a recipe I'm making actually for my family uh, for Christmas this this Monday. But she just had ground beef. I do half ground beef, half pork ah, for a little more flavor. Ground pork? Yeah, ground pork. Half ground beef, half ground pork, and neck bones. And the neck Delicious. bones. And I, there was a, just a quick story, guys. I'll let you guys go. Uh, in college, I stayed in my uh, guy I played football with, Mike Feminist, and his, his, his mom made a lasagna. The half of the turkey pan was full, just layers and layers of lasagna. She had Italian sausage in there, and she also had the neck bone and you know for flavoring, but the Italian sausage was in the lasagna. It was fantastic. How about oh. that? God, but I never told my grandmother it was better, so I never told her that. So, well, you could you guys, break her heart. You guys have a great Christmas. You too. Thank you. Spend, spend time with your families. It's the most important thing is health. I, yeah. I'm licking my lips here because tell your nana that uh, the, the the other grandmother's better than her. Ah, <laughs> oh, you break her heart. You'd be in trouble. Jeez. I mean, I've done a lot of dumb things, starting with losing my phone yesterday. But this might be the dumbest thing: being on a diet during the holidays instead of right after. Well, the holidays. I know you I'm can. An idiot. You can eat smart. I know, which I have you been doing, but it's still a diet. It's still. I a mean, diet. pickled cabbage and 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 beef. I'm going to have sarma. Yeah. I'm going to have that. I'm going to have lamb. Right. I'm going to have ham. You know, just if there's some pastas, I stay away from the pastas. I have the salads. Right. You know, you can it's eat just smart tough, though. It's just I tough. like to drink water when I'm there. I drink water. I don't want to drink wine. I don't want to drink nothing. I don't want to drink when I'm eating, when I'm dining. Right, right, right. Later on that night, I might go out and have a one or two, you know? Right, absolutely. All right, we got Waddle and Sylvie coming up at 2. Justin Fields presser in the next half hour or so. Yurko and Jesse have the final word here. In like 10 minutes. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Part of the show that uh, Jesse hates to do, the final 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> That's Before not true. we get crossed up. I screwed up the final word. You what do you did, want from you me? Did. I'm, no, I'm like, no Carmen. You're like Ron Burgundy. You see something on the screen and you just start reading I it. I mean, the fact they let me in the studio for two straight days is a miracle. You know, well, I, I mean, it's a any, lot of work for any me. Any chance I get to work with Jesse, they said, who do you want to work with? I said, most the, of the time is whoever you bring in, I'm going to work with. I'm going to have a good time. It's Peggy, Peggy one day. Yeah. Peggy tomorrow. Who would I work with on Monday? I don't know. It was Jesse and Jesse two days in a row. Yeah. It was Peggy. Right? Oh, Peggy Monday. It was Peggy on Monday. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. And I Peggy's forgot. working with me tomorrow? Right. All right. So Peggy, you, you, Peggy. And then I got Black on Friday. Mike and we're going to have fun. Where, where where are we at? South Loop? Where are we at? Yeah. Ken? Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo South Wild Loop. Wings. Yeah. 
That's where we're going to be with a football feast on Friday, having a good time. I think at some point in the last couple of weeks, I had an opportunity to work Friday. I don't know which shift or whatever, but it's my anniversary. So I Happy said, anniversary. I said, I'm going to beg off uh, talking Justin Fields. Sure. My wife wants to. I Jesse, know. beg off. You bet. Yeah, you got to go yeah. out and wine and dine. A little, so where are you guys going to go? Where we're are you going, taking her? Okay, so we're going to, I mean, I could, you know, whatever. True Luck in Rosemont. True Luck in Rosemont. Yeah. Nice because little restaurant a, up there. Seafood. Yeah. yeah, she's she likes good fish. So. Sure, who doesn't? Uh, try something different. Never been there, but I know it's How good. How about you? You a menu. fan of the fish? I you like, like fish. the grouper. Well, I'm a, I'm a, oh, I love grouper. I red do love fish. Grouper, you like red fish? But I'm a fan of surf and turf. Oh, you like a little bit of both? Yeah. So <laughs> king crab legs, lobster. Which way do you like to go? Um, uh, cr- king crab, king crab and, legs, and or lobster. Either one with 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 a fillet. So what? Uh, Ricky Renteria, remember him? When he was managing yeah. the Cubs. Yeah, he's the guy that got jettisoned for uh, Joe Madden. When he was managing the Cubs, he took out all the writers at spring training, about six, seven, eight of us to, to dinner Oh, in spring training. And everyone's getting, you know, I'll get a petite filet. Right. I'll get a, a I'll get chicken. I'll get the chicken uh, at Suvio. I, <laughs> I get the biggest surf and turf steak and lobster. You don't care. Ricky's taking Ricky's you out. taking care of it. So to this day, if I ever run into Ricky, I say, you're the only manager that Man. bought me surf and turf. Well, no. you, that's the only guy. You're the only guy that ordered it while the manager was buying it. So, uh, did Joe Madden take you guys out? Uh, one the time writers? it was a bar in Pittsburgh. He picked so up not the surf and turf. Not, not the same way. You guys yeah. were having pierogies. Yeah, yeah. It, and uh, perch. He would. You know, there's a place um, in Philly. When we go to Philly, he's from there. In Philly, right? He. It, it's basically pizza made to be cold. It's cold, cold pizza. pizza. I think it's called Snaps. Really good. He'd send it up to the press box. Would he? Whenever we're in Philly. And I'd always remind him before the trip. Hey, hey don't forget it. Don't forget snaps. It. The snaps. boys are expecting it upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Isn't that cold pizza made to be cold? Cold pizza made yeah. to be cold. Yeah. Never. Or never pizza hot. just made to be cold. Yeah. It's like the day after pizza, but it's, right. it's like fresh, though. That's it's, the way it is. Yeah. It was very good. I've never had that. So if you're a true luck on Friday night, come say hello. You know. Jesse will be there. Wish my wife condolences on being married to me for Why? five years. Five years? It's yeah, not five bad. Years. Five years is a hard time. It is a hard time Most for her. Most people can do that standing <laughs> on their head. She is not. She's happy to be with Jesse. Yeah, we'll find out She's, When you lost your phone yesterday, she was out there like Inspector Clouseau. She was, she was tracking it. She was, she was trying it. to find it and get it for you. She yeah. felt for you yesterday. Well, because she knew I'd come home in a bad mood if I didn't, which oh, is you exactly let You let happened. your mood affect the whole household. Well, of course. Huh? You lose your phone during the off-season. So what you do? You go around schlepping around the whole house, just crying. Kind of. I was in a I bad was, mood. I was whining. I was in a bad mood, affecting everybody. Well, know, okay. What if so some, here, what if was, other people here was the had point. Good, she, what if other people had good days? The, you know how you know how it goes with the "I told you so." So she has bought me multiple, for lack of a better word, man purses. Yeah. The thing you, you, you right. wear a little across, something call, a little valise. and I haven't used it. A little valise or a little something, you know, even, across even the a chest. little backpack or something across fanny the pack. chest. Maybe a fanny pack for you. And I haven't. You used look like it. a fanny pack guy. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't used it. And she's like, "I told you so. You should have had your. You should have been wearing it with your phone in there." I myself am like a little bit of like a marsupial. I like something that has like a little something up on the front. A little so in the pouch, little thing. pouch, little, little pouch. pouch. Yeah, so I can carry something in a little pouch. So when it's there, you know it's there. You know you can feel that it's there. It's there in the pouch. Yeah, but that's, you I should don't do know. that. I, now I learned my lesson. You have tried learned to, your I lesson. Tried to put it in my back pocket. Didn't completely. It didn't work. Go yeah. in there. You had too I many layers on. I noticed that out. yesterday. A lot of layers lot for of you layers yesterday. Me. All right, let's put it in the back. It just had the shirt blocking it. You thought it was in. It was out. 
And now you know some some guy's got two hundred dollars in his pocket. Yeah. Let's go yeah. to Bill and Grace Lake, kind of finish up the Bears conversation. What's up, Billy? Talk to us, Billy. Turn the phone down. Turn the radio down. Billy. Turn the radio down. Billy. It's not your first Billy. time, Billy. Put Billy Bill. back on hold. Oh, Billy's He's on back hold. on hold. Mash the finger pad. Jigs used to say, "Put him on hold." Yeah. Kev- Kevin and Schomburg, you're, you're next. Spinning up. bucket. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, talk hey, to us. Hey. How's it going? Good. You got thirty yeah, uh, seconds, buddy. Yeah, so I was just uh, wondering, I, I don't hear a lot of talk about uh, other options besides either drafting a quarterback or sticking with Fields. I mean, wouldn't a veteran quarterback, I mean, look how Matthew Stafford was able to come into the Rams and make a difference. Uh, you know, I'm sure Rodgers would have made a difference had he been able to play this year. Um, maybe going veteran is the best option for the Bears since we can't seem to develop anybody into that position. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins was what I was thinking, too. I hear you guys, but you're not passing up the number one pick in the draft to get some veteran towards the end of his career. That's not happening. Why? If you think there's a generational quarterback in the draft and you have the top pick, I mean, the problem is that everybody thought every quarterback coming out in the last five years has been a generational quarterback, and it's proven over the course of time that really only one is. That would be a shocker to replace Fields with a free agent. That only, would be a shock. Only one guy's been generational. I know. His name is Mahomes. Yeah. Burrow's been close. Uh, Josh Allen's been close. Uh, but even if they're not generational, Herbert, they're legit starters. Sherbert, the L.A. Chargers, he's close. <laughs> Herbert. Yeah, so guys are close. Yeah, they're starters. They're not generational, though. Hold on, though. Yeah, no, I agree you. With said you. generational. No. He Justin said. Lawrence is pulling out just to be a guy. You got it. Yurko and Jesse now have the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word on Carmen and Yurko. Who do you think the most accurate passer is on this list? Brock Purdy. Tua. Tua to Tungaluva? Tua Valua. 